Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. This is John Sane here, one half of the expansive podcast and strategic consultancy. We are recording this podcast on Sunday, Easter Sunday, uh, sitting here discussing our lives, what's coming and what's been, and what we can celebrate and be grateful for. Uh, Eric's always such a great thinking partner for this sort of stuff. And uh, hello, Eric, to my partner on the other side of this. How are you doing? John, I'm good and you, brother. Yeah, good. I mean, uh, I think we, 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 we usually, Eric and I, plan to uh, record a podcast and then we have a, a half an hour to 45 minute chat beforehand, just unpacking things around uh, life and uh, how things are affecting us and what's going on in our personal lives. So I always appreciate that point of uh, objective uh, perspective from you, Eric. So yeah, I'm good. Yeah, uh, I think same. I'm just going through... A little bit of a dip, but that's part of the morning process that I wrote about in uh, Future Now. But yeah, tell me more about what's going on for you, Eric. Yeah, you know, i um, been writing a lot, been trying to reimagine what life is going to look like moving forward. Yeah. And it's been a, I mean, I think that's really been almost the crux of our, our 45-minute uh, off-air <laughs> chat, is yeah. it's so difficult to know because we just don't know at this stage what the future is going to look like and how we slot mm. into that, mm. um, which makes it really, really difficult to sort of even imagine what your own future looks like if you don't know what mm. the, where the world's going. Mm. And uh, yeah, so I think it's just been, it's been a lot of that. It's also been a lot of kind of staying in my lane, trying to figure out what I'm really good at, where can what I do intersect with what people need at the moment. Mm. And uh, as a result of that, you know, been doing lots of writing. Um, yeah, so and today I mean, we'll look, speak about um, lockdown leadership. Yes, exactly. I mm. mean, I, I, what we were, what we did say off air was that thank God we are focused in on some projects that we've created mm. ourselves to keep ourselves busy, trying to figure out what to do in this new world, and sharing those learnings and research in eBooks uh, as we're going along. Mm. And um, we've already unpacked my first eBook, Future Now. And our next yep, episode which is will be on the website, by the way, uh, theexpansive.com. Yes, yeah. Yes. Thank you, Eric. And um, the next podcast will be unpacking my next book called Future How. But I'm really interested in figuring out how your brain has gone from what you were doing to creating this new ebook called Lockdown Leadership, which I think is, again, such a great title, which is such a skilled... Um, uh, wordsmith to come up with these sort of titles another term that you came up with uh, I think in a chat a while back was a hybrid vigor to bring about this concept that we don't have to be doing everything online or offline mm. but actually the hybrid of it so today's is me interviewing you about your book uh, lockdown leadership and so first question I have for you before we go start getting stuck into it is why did you want to write this book and what brought about the thinking process before you started actually putting pen to paper? Um, dude, just a quick, quick side note. Um, oh, it's okay. going to be, the previous one was, we, we talk about your book. Uh, we spoke about your book in the previous podcast. My book, this podcast. Your book, the next podcast. Yeah. Instant Evolution, the next podcast. Future yeah. Next, the next podcast. <laughs> it's going like, to be like a book club, dude. <laughs> <laughs> You're so right. I didn't even I didn't think of that. Should, it's like every podcast is us unpacking our ebooks. Which look, I think 
<laughs> that's exactly what it is. Is our deepest thinking. What? Look, why did we set up the expansive in the first place? It was to exactly, share no, our research, amazing. right? So now that we've got time, we're actually putting our research into ebooks. So now those ebooks are becoming podcasts, and one is feeding the other. Which I think is brilliant. Amazing. So you're right. I mean, I think the next five podcasts are already set up with the ebooks. And I think every time yeah. we do have one of these podcasts, the ebooks link is always below the podcast. So you're always able to either download it and read through it as Eric mm. or I are explaining it or download it later for point of reference. And all of them are for free, which I think is a main yeah. topic about adding value to the world and becoming more expansive. So thank you we'll, for that, We'll Eric. create a nice big bundle like people can download every, all of them in one go uh, towards mm. the end. I okay. think that'll be good. Oh, that's a great idea. Um, so, yeah, yeah your, so, your process of thinking, yeah. So, obviously, what happened all of a sudden was that everyone had to start working from home uh, during the lockdown. And the reality is that working from home and leading a team virtually is a very different beast to actually managing and working with people in person. Mm. And I think for the majority of organizations, they were actually vastly underprepared for this. And why I really wanted to write the book was to give people a few pointers just in terms of like it, it wasn't supposed to be an exhaustive list or, or ebook in that in that sense, but rather just say to them, you know, if you're going to start working from home, leading from home, managing a team from home, here are a couple of key points that you need to get right as soon as possible mm -hmm. to be the best virtual team that you can be. And that's really an important part of this, which is mm. you are given an opportunity at the moment to be the best virtual team that you can be. And some, some teams will embrace that and they'll get through the lockdown and they'll get back to whatever work looks like for them moving forward with a new skill set. Mm. And there's some teams who will literally just see this as a pit stop and they'll, mm. you know, things will go wrong and they'll say, well, we'll fix that when we get back to the office. Or they'll just, you know, they'll ignore the deeper issues because this is what remote work does is it exposes things like, no trust in a team or no accountability right. in a team yeah. if you think that was bad when you were meeting in person wait until you do this <laughs> yeah, virtually because you can't see people like you don't know what they're doing and yeah i've just i've seen so many organizations do it badly you know and and i felt like that was it, it, it it's not the most difficult fixes that i that i speak about in the book but they have to be done um like i've i've seen this one organization where they require their people check in and check out every single day and even though checking in and checking out isn't a bad thing in general it's bad when it's a, a measure of control mm. when it's like mm. i want to see that you're working i want to mm. know what you've done for the day like mm. when it when mm. it's that like sort of feeling Angst. that comes with it yeah you know like i mean so so essentially that's what the book was about it was 12 different ideas right. for how to quickly sort of upskill your team and, and think about how to operate vir virtually as a team well, I think it's brilliant because what we need to realize is that every business will need to virtualize. And this is mm. what it is, is that mm. we're likely to experience in the next 12 months a decade's worth of change. That's going mm. to be fast tracking towards us. And so working remotely or digitization or digital transformation was something that people were on track to do or busy doing. <laughs> and now it's like a... It's actually the, the, the you're either going to win or, or become bankrupt or you it's in its break point. Mm. So digitization and virtualization are an absolute must 
And I think your book is at a perfect time to bring about people to this new way of building hybrid teams. So mm. excellent timing as per usual. So well done to that. And uh, so let's get stuck in. I mean, the, the book has got 12 points. Um, I've read it and I think it's great. Uh, but I've also critiqued it and I've told you that off air <laughs> because of the certain things. But again, you know, I also think, uh, and my critique, and I'm, which I'm always clear about, is that from my perspective, it's my way of learning is sometimes needs to be more entertaining, whereas this is really something that gives you the structure of getting stuck in it, which I think is brilliant mm. around it. Um, the reason I said that, just side note, is I'm not just blowing smoke up your air, up, up your air, up your <laughs> I'm not just smoke, blowing smoke up your ass. And I think that's also important is that as much as I respect your work, and I think this is great for the listeners to know, is we both critique each other's work. You know, we, we both like, okay, well, I think this could have been better or that could be better. I mean, you sent me 18 WhatsApps about changing the cover of my last ebook, And I think it was brilliant. And I took all of them on board. You know what I mean? Mm. So I think it's brilliant. But I also think that it could be improved, and that's what keeps us on our toes with each other. Has to be. But you've got mm -hmm. 12 points in this ebook, but you're only going to take us through six, the most salient ones. So go ahead. And like I said earlier, when we started the podcast, this is all available to you to download. So you can just go and download it and uh, follow through with what Eric is saying. But Eric, jump in and tell us which is the most important one and, and what should companies be doing. Cool. So... I'm not quite sure if these are necessarily the most important ones, um, but they are the ones that I think um, is probably the easiest place to start and to get right. Okay. Um, so the first would be, and we've spoken about this before, is that you need to create some directives for your team. Because we don't know when world returns back to normal, uh, deadlines have actually become quite important. And to some degree, we've been given deadlines like the lockdown. And then we get closer to the end of the lockdown and gets extended. So all of a sudden your deadline yeah. changes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think what's, what's really important for teams to be doing at this stage is, or for the leader to be doing, is to work in sprints. And this is quite a different way of how we've used to do things because we were planning in quarters and years. And now really all you can do is look forward to the next week two weeks, three weeks, um, because things are going to change quite rapidly. I, I think actually you're being generous. I think it's week by week. Yeah. So I think it's week by week. Yeah. But, but I think using week by week is actually a, like a very good cadence for this, um, yeah. which is just have sprints, have very specific directives and goals that need to be met in those weeks and measure how you're going about things totally differently at this stage. Um, how do you, you measure? Have to. Yeah. So how well, do you I think, measure? Like what? I, no, I think you have to reimagine what success looks like for you at this stage. And then mm. that's what you measure against. But, you know, oh, for example, okay. like if you were doing, um, I don't want to just try out like random numbers, but let's say you're doing 500K in your business per month, yeah. right? Yeah. All of a sudden there's this big dip. What new success might be for you is literally three or four sales. And it might yes, be okay. reaching out to 10 different clients each week in a very So you're saying the way. metrics have changed, set new metrics, yes. and then measure against those metrics. That's it. Uh, yeah. So yeah, maybe I was thinking about maybe there's a tool, but that's, that's the perfect no. tool. It makes yeah. logical sense. Yeah. Okay. So that's going to be number one. It's just really change your directives straight away and make them as short term mm. as possible. Um, and then galvanize your team around that. I like number that because I think week by week strategies is the key here. And short sprints is yep. really what we can do. And it's the only thing we can do because we don't know what the long-term things and outcomes are. And it just gives more purpose, you know, because yeah. otherwise, what are we doing? Like, there's so much uncertainty at this stage. A bit of certainty mm. is 
here's a deadline, here's a goal. Yes. And it's, it's for nice. the week, you know? Nice. Okay. Number two is, um, I called it the magic question. And it's a mm. question that I, I use with all the teams that I facilitate with. And it starts with the leader asking everyone in the team, what do you need from me? Mm. And it's a really difficult question to ask because mm. you might not like the answer that comes back. But once the leader has asked, you know, what do you need from me? Everyone else in the team has the same opportunity. And you ask it of everyone. So it's quite like an intensive exercise. I mean, if you have 10 people, each person is going to get nine points of feedback of Mm. what do you need from me in order to deliver my best work? What do you need Mm. from me in order to create a better relationship? And what's really interesting is if you have a team that has a lot of trust, um, you'll see quite deep reflections come out of this and quite a lot of honesty that comes out of this. And what? people will say, you know, I need you to be more understanding. I need you to slow down. I need you to communicate mm. with us better. Things that, that you might not necessarily want to hear or that might feel mm. almost counterintuitive to your nature. Whereas if it's a team that has very low levels of trust, people will kind of just skip over it. Like you'll get to the person, they'll have this very awkward interaction bit of laughter to let off the tension yeah and then they'll like i don't know you know that, that's going to be the like, sort of default response i don't know and it's a it's a great way for you to quickly see how much trust in your team but it's also just a good way of and so so the people. big question is what if you realize that you're so cuck that all these all these people are coming back with these sort of squeamish sort of responses like what, <laughs> that's a huge mirror as a leader to realize mm. that you know you've created a a team of people that aren't wanting to add value but are too scared to add value i guess mm. you know but what any, a, any what a gift yeah. Get, yeah, sure. Until you realize mm. that you're the actual problem in the whole yeah. thing. So then, besides coming to coaching with you, Eric, uh, which I think is a great tool, but uh, what what would you say to a leader like that? Like, uh, what happens? What happens to a person like that? You know, you you take it all on board. That's number one. Mm. And number two is you go and reflect and you see what needs to change. Um, I've sat okay. in in these meetings where, uh, and I mean, I've had this exact. Thing happen with yeah. that you just mentioned now where we go around and we get to like so everyone's given their feedback and we get to the leader we're like well because that's part b of this exercise then you say to the yeah. person well what will you commit to in terms of uh, your development okay. for the next quarter yeah. and then we'll get to the leader and they'll say you know i've heard you guys say this and this and this i don't think i'm going to do that you know and, and like it's just because because ego has just been hurt so badly yeah, yeah. but you know it's like you give them a bit of time and if they are um emotionally aware enough they come around to it and I've, I've always seen that shift happen that it's not about blaming you it's not about attacking you we're just saying to you that as the leader this is what we need from you but really it goes for brilliant everyone the yeah. no i think this is fantastic because you know i had an argument with my mom not an argument i said something about me growing up and she decided to take responsibility for my perspective of how i grew up and the ultimately came out like mom i'm not asking you to have perspective i'm not holding i'm not asking you to take responsibility just hear me and mm. i think just in hearing me and not taking responsibility you move out of that victim being attacked to how can i coach you to evolve and mm. and just by hearing you and i think that's a great point because immediately your ego is bruised and you move into your shell and then you come out attacking right so mm. that i think that's the best thing you said here for this point because it's like okay i can take on bad news without making it personal definitely and you know, it ties into um, some of the more deeper work that I do with teams because we have these two questions we always have to answer. How am I showing up for the team and how do we show up as a team? 
and very often our self-development is really just um, guided by who do we want to be for the goals that we want to achieve and they're not really intertwined with the goals of the team so you need to develop mm. in your own way for your own goals mm. but you also need to develop in a way that is going to support the team very and good. often we don't we don't think about that so that's number two very good now number three is um, called fix the meeting and if you think about it where we like where do teams spend most of their time when they are together they spend it in a meeting like a yeah. formal meeting where they have to communicate certain things where they have to talk about goals and and all those kind of things so that's really the playground of a team is when we get to meet but yeah. our meetings are typically really horrible um <laughs> they are inefficient and yeah. and again virtual just amplifies this because yeah. now we're all sitting on a zoom call we, yeah perhaps we don't you know I've actually been so surprised to hear how many teams leave their videos off during these Zoom calls. And what mm. happens? Like, you're distracted. Like, you are busy yeah. with something else and you're on your tab here. And, like, so your meetings actually just became a hell of, a hell of a lot worse. Yeah. And if you want to get really good at this, you have to fix the meeting straight away. And the only, like, there's a few things that I've mentioned in the document, in the, in the book. But what I would suggest is that you have to do a post-mortem of every meeting. Not every meeting of some of your meetings meaning mm. that once we're done with a meeting you take five minutes and just ask people how did this meeting go and how mm. could we have made it better and you know I, I always come back to this idea that we are working with intelligent highly intelligent people like why mm. do we not bring their opinions of how we do the work not just what we do but how we do the work why mm. don't we bring that into the conversation mm. and it's the difference between being in the meeting and spending time on the meeting so this is such low-hanging fruit. Maybe once a week when you are done with your meeting, just ask them, how did this meeting go? Did we communicate effectively? Did we mm. build the bonds we needed to build? Did we address the issues that we needed to address? And if not, what do we do to make it better the next time we run the same meeting? Well, great. I mean, I think that's really great. But then again, it comes down to if you're being told that the meeting was terrible, don't take it personally and then become constructive around it. And I think this leadership, um, the highlighted, uh, the magnified uh, type of leadership that you have is now being brought to the surface because of this. So these mm. questions are really, they're fantastic, but they really have to be brought across by a leader that's not taking things personally and really wants the best mm. result. So very good. Mm. Okay. Cool. Number four is what I call the virtual suggestion box. And this is just for, especially for the new teams that have transitioned. There's so many new challenges that you're going to face. And mm. initially it seems like the best thing at, in the world to be working from home until you get there and you are distracted by like your uh, kids running around and there's mm. uh, bad internet that's, or, or bad connections that are happening. You have no routine. You all of a sudden find yourself with like less motivation um, mm. all your rituals have gone out the door like it, it can be really really challenging to work from home mm. and so what I suggest is that teams actually create a shared document on Dropbox or Google and all you do is you allow people to update that document with the challenges they are facing and what that oh. does is as a leader you can become a bit more empathetic towards what's happening for people because you might not be able to catch up with everyone although we will speak about that in a moment but at least when you have this running dock, we can see that we are all human facing human problems and mm. that we need to address some of those. And perhaps like, you know, we're going through the same thing. 
perhaps I've done certain things in my life that you could copy that might help you. Mm. But the only way we talk about that is if I can look at this list and be like, oh, you're also struggling with the whole kids thing. Like how, how you know, and perhaps we even connect offline or, or uh, out of the like formal meeting and we talk about it. But it creates points of discussion. It creates an opportunity to connect. It creates an opportunity to see that we are all human going through this thing and that working from home isn't just a breeze. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I think uh, it's great. I mean, my team, I've, I've watched how their hours have changed and we haven't really made it a, I don't know, we haven't had a chat about it, but it's become kind of obvious that, you know, they've got kids now and like mm. they want to do a workout in the morning where that's the time the husband is looking after the kid or there's now you have to cook. And so like, like all of a sudden there's like so many other responsibilities that are not just focused on work. So what I've found with my team is that times of work have changed. Mm. And so my expectations have changed around when the results come. Sometimes it's nine at night because that's the time maybe in the family where the kids are asleep or, you know, whatever the case is. Also, I think one of the major things that we're starting to see, which is totally off topic here, is the rise of divorce rates. So I think not even just having kids, but I think just being stuck with somebody that maybe you weren't having a great relationship is also impacting your mood and, and the mm, way you're coming mm. across to work. So I think that's also something to be empathetic about. You know, and if you are always just diving into the meeting, like mm. the, the actual like work objectives and performance, then you never get to connect around these things, you know, which are really important and ultimately how we build relationships within a team. Mm. So, so that'll be number four, virtual suggestion box. Number five is communication. You know, teams were under communicating in such a big way when we, when we were doing things offline. And what I've seen online is it's just worsened. Of course. Um, mm. And under communication isn't just about cadence. It's also about the effectivity with which we communicate. Right. So I, I wrote down three things that I think teams need to do. Number one is they need to establish a cadence for communication. And what that looks like is completely up to your team based on the size, based on um, the maturity levels, based on the kind of work that you are doing. Um, for example, I, I was reading that the Verizon CEO mm. has a meeting every single day with all 135,000 employees in Verizon, 40 to 50,000 people tune in live. I mean, like that's any influencer's dream <laughs> to be able to get that many people pulled yeah. to your live stream. Yeah. 40 to 50,000 people uh, calling live. Then on top of that, he has two meetings with his board every week. He has an hour-long meeting with his leadership team every week. And he meets with 45 key players in Verizon every single week. So, I mean, like wow. that's a lot of communication, but, but yeah. that's what's required. And he said the yeah. number one thing is as soon as we hit this, up the communication. So, you need yeah. to find what kind of cadence works for you. That's number a two great is that, example. Thank you for that. Yeah. Number two is that you have to be extremely clear about how you communicate. And we know this, that you know, if you're sending text messages, it's really easy to misread tone. Mm. And where does a lot of our communication happen? Well, yeah. via Slack or via Teams yeah. or some sort of a DM. So, the, yeah. number one, be sort of wary of how you communicate and tone. But also, you know, I always think when there's a low barrier to something, we, we kind of take it for granted and we don't uh, bring the intention that we need to it. So, for example, a free voice call or a free Zoom call where it feels like we have a, an abundance of time, we might mm. spend a lot of time talking about things that are actually irrelevant. 
And there's a time mm. to speak about things that are irrelevant, but not every single meeting or every single call. So mm. I think you have to be really clear about what you want to communicate and how you need to communicate it. And then number three is to choose your channel. Like if a team is communicating on WhatsApp and Slack and email and Zoom and Teams, yeah. like it just becomes a bit overwhelming. Like you don't even know yeah. where to go for um, the next part of the conversation and like where was this file, where was this thing? So as much as you can, try and centralize that communication. Right. And I've heard some really good suggestions around, for example, in Slack, um, creating a different uh, channel for each different project that you're working on. So that it's not just the team having one big communication like right. uh, channel to, to work with, but that right. each project has a different channel and that you can go back to that channel for any information that you're looking for regarding it. Um, Jeez, man. So that's this is brilliant. You know what? Um, you're confirming everything I've done with my team because that's exactly we've got like different groups for different projects. And so, yeah, I, I get that. I mean, that's it makes logical sense, but I guess my team's not that big. And I think the bigger the teams get, the more complex it becomes. So, mm. yeah. Okay. Cool. And then the last point that I have here really is just um, to lead with transparency. Mm. And I think where this is really important at this stage is for teams that are unsure about what the future of their business is going to look like. Mm. And you might not know if your business is going to survive the next two or three months. Mm. And I think it's really important for your people to be in on that. And again, you know, what I'm, the whole point of lockdown leadership was that these are the basics that you need to get right. There's, a, there's deeper levels to all of this. Yeah. But this is the basic that you need to get right. And when I've been speaking to a few like CEOs, I've actually been astounded to see that they haven't taken the time to communicate with their teams about what's happened. Everyone has just moved virtually and we've just continued to do the work. But people have sensed that you know, we're not writing as many invoices as before. Our clients are sort of cutting back on their budgets. So they can see all these things happening, but what does it mean for me? I don't know. I only know yeah. when you as the leader tell me, listen, you've observed that all these things are happening. What it means is we probably have a runway of about two or three months. Yeah. If we can't change this, then, you know, as much as I want to keep you and the business going, I can't do that. Mm. Let's try and think of ways that we survive. Let's try and mm. come together as a team and, and uh, be creative about it. And I think, you know, in our wartime CEO series, we saw a lot of creativity that emerged from that. Mm. But you need to do that, irrespective of how big your team is. And again, this is a very difficult thing for a leader to do. But what you need to realize is this isn't by any measure your fault. Like you've done nothing here that's put you into this position. Mm. It's just it's just how it's worked out. And I think that kind of, you know, it takes a bit of the pressure off because you don't have to admit to any wrongdoing or yeah. Um, yeah, it's, not your, it's not your fault. But, you know, how you move forward, the response that you have to this is definitely your responsibility for you and for the people that are working with you. And so well, you think, have you know, to have that transparency. It's great. It's a great point. And, I, and, and if we think about Stuart Miller's uh, wartime CEO podcast that we had, he was upfront with his uh, trainers. He said, look, we've got one more month of salaries. Um, but, you know, for now, what we're going to do is change everything to go online. And what he did was he did two things. He One, he reinstilled a new vision into his employees. Mm -hmm. And two, he was totally transparent. Mm. And I think that's also so important is that reimagining what the future could be and then being transparent and saying, okay, well, look, let's all try and work towards this new vision. And if it changes along the way, jump in and help us with changing it along the way. 
um, don't feel shy not to 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 add because it's your survival as well as ours uh, mm. in this whole thing, you know. So I think transparency is great, but also I think reimagining vision. And I think your example with Verizon is a great one because what you're doing when you're constantly communicating is reinvigorating your team on where we're going, what the new mm. sort of uh, endpoint is, could be, or should be. How can we imagine it together? Because ultimately, when you get a number of people believing in one thing, now you have a drive and an energy that's going towards that one thing. So mm. great, great points. I mean, I, I think these are really, really useful. Um, I was going to ask you, what do you do around, you know, I was, I was working with um, Abu Dhabi's um, property arm, Aldar. And the head of innovation came to me, not came to me, he was on the call and he said, I don't have the tools to help my staff with their emotional issues. It's because he says, I can give you directives and projects and these sort of things. But I think one of the major things we have to realize is that there's a huge, and you've got it in your book, is like this deep empathy and overdrive. It's like, how do we also become emotional coaches through this process? Because we're going through such deep emotional stuff as all our human being employees are. So what would you mm. say maybe one of, your, one of your tips around that is? Yeah, you know, I, I think with the, I saw this post in the very early days of, of uh, the pandemic where a guy was saying that more than ever your team, like this seems like the perfect time to cut back on things like learning and development. But actually, it's a perfect time to invest in it because people are going through so many things. So number one, there's the support that people need to get through this. And by now, we know that not everyone is on the same page. People are going through this at very different levels. And even within a day, you, your emotional state might fluctuate quite a bit. So I think it's important that you make certain trainings or, or videos available to your people. I, I think that's important because we can go find information on YouTube and this and that, whatever. But I think if you as the leader are providing your team with curated content that comes from you, that is specific to them, I think that's, that's great. That helps. But the second thing, so, so that's the emotional support component. Mm. But the second component of this is when things are shaky, it's a great time to start rebuilding. It's a great time to install new habits, new, new ways of habits, thinking. Yes. Yeah. So there's the support component and then there's the rebuilding component. Mm. And I think um, leaders have a, a, a great opportunity to do that. And again, not to say that everyone needs to come out of this, you know, being better because survival is also okay. But that's why mm. I think both trainings actually work quite well because you cater to the people who need the support on the day, but you also cater to the people who are saying, cool, today I actually feel a bit better. Let me go and, and do something else. Let me be productive. So I don't know if that really answers your question. Very good. No, no, I think very good. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the things that I've been writing about and thinking about is that stop trying to sell to customers, start adding value. And mm. besides asking your employees to do what they were doing, also treat them like humans. Try and add value because we're all going through this together. And mm. no matter who you are and where you are, your, your survival consciousness is being triggered at a very, and it doesn't, even if you have a lot of money and you've been very successful, your survival consciousness is being triggered because maybe what you used to do is not going to happen anymore. Mm. So there's, there's a lot of that that's, uh, that's going on. Eh? So what's that in the background, Eric? <laughs> that's uh, my fiance 
baking. <laughs> Trying to cover my mic obviously didn't work. <laughs> no, it didn't. Yeah, I can I can hear it in the background. But look, I mean, this is you know that's another thing we must also take into account here is that it's not that perfection anymore we're not sitting in an office there's kids yeah. animals there's like, so much going on around us you know <laughs> and uh, yeah things are going to be clunky because uh, that's mm. just what it is right now so thank you for can you want to just go through the, the the points again just to distill them again just we have a final sort of Lovey. distillation of them and then yeah we can close up yeah so let me quickly i'll read all the headings for you just so you have an idea of, of also what's in the book so yeah. the f- number one is the bearable deadline and the three directives. So that's speaking to what we said, create a directive yeah. um, and create deadlines for people. Number two was the magic question, what do you need from me? And actually, mm. I think this is a great question to ask to anyone in your relationship yeah. at the moment. Like, mm. you know, ask your mom, ask your dad, ask your uh, whoever you are sort of like locked down, yeah. partnered up with. Yeah. Um, number three, fix them and ask your clients that. Um, number three, fix the meeting. Um, number four, and there's a few points under that. Number four is from the ground up, which is we have to reimagine what communication and all that looks like now mm. and trust and accountability. What does all that look like in a virtual team compared to an online team, offline team? Okay. Number five, the virtual suggestion box. Number six is patience. And it just speaks perfectly to your point, you know, that everything isn't perfect and we need to be patient with people sort of getting the hang of it. Uh, number seven, making hard decisions because that's been a, a really important thing for leaders during this time is that there are really tough decisions to be making. And I think leaders need to be decisive in this moment, but they also they need to tap the intelligence of the people around them. And, uh, you know, it's not a weakness to, to ask people for their input. Number eight, empathy and overdrive. Number nine, fight the enemy, which is really just create... Um, a goal and be transparent with your leadership. Mm. Number 10, do not back off learning and development. Number 11 is virtual team building. And how do we go about that? And number 12 is just around some things that I think mentally tough people are doing right now and what mentally tough teams can also look to do. So Excellent. Yeah. Okay, so I mean leadership, so uh, lockdown leadership, mm. uh, I think it's really, really well thought out and um, a lot of great examples and a lot of great processes and as per usual if you have any questions around it I think you can reach out to Eric I'm sure he'll be happy to either answer them or work with you and your team so well done for putting this together Eric um, thank you and I think it's really really helpful to people awesome thank you and uh, yeah I mean you know ultimately just be patient if you're listening to this and you're reading a team be patient um, mm. make sure to grab the book grab John's book Future Now on the website as well mm. And we're really hoping that all of this content ultimately helps you yeah. in your own thinking as it's been, you know, helping us in our thinking. So yeah. very good. Well, thank thanks you, everybody for listening. And uh, thank you, Eric, for going through that for us. And uh, we'll see you next week uh, when we'll be talking about future how. And for the moment, I think your teams will have a lot more structure and juice to work with if you are struggling with that. And good luck to everybody out thank there. You. Stay safe and stay healthy. Ciao. Bye-bye.